Hey, welcome to The Quest, and thank you guys for being with us today. It's always good to have you with us, especially if you're just checking us out. If you are checking us out, we encourage you to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will open up a link. That link will help answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church. It'll also give you information about our vision. Basically, it is your first step in checking us out and making a more significant connection with us. And we hope that you'll do that. It also allows you to give online. And it also allows you to fill out prayer requests if you want somebody else to pray with you about things going on in your life. We also want to remind you that this talk is available in podcast forms. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on the different podcast platforms. So we are in this series that we've entitled Trivial Pursuits. And if we're not careful, we can make our lives about pursuing trivial things. Things like happiness, things like success, things like money, things like approval, trying to be good enough. All of these things are our desires for something, a longing for something that never gets satisfied. And just as a reminder, you want to write this down on your notes, something that's important about our pursuits is our pursuits reveal an internal void in our lives. The reason for our pursuits is something within us is missing and unsatisfied or lacking. Our pursuits in life expose the needs of our life. We search for what we believe will fill the need of our life. But here's something that we need to realize, and you can write this down too. Spiritual needs can't be satisfied by temporary things. Internal needs can't be satisfied by external things. The internal void that we have in our lives can't be satisfied by things that don't last. Whether it's the things that we pursue or substances or conditions that we seek out, None of these things brings the satisfaction that we're actually looking for. We live in a world that is so obsessed with living our best life. In fact, you might have seen it on social media platforms, maybe even by some of your friends. The hashtag that says living my best life, or maybe it's just the words living my best life, but then what follows are the pictures at expensive restaurants or maybe expensive hotels or maybe activities that you've only dreamed of participating in, places you could never afford to go. And then there are the infamous tan legs on the sand overlooking the beach. And then also in our attempt to live our best life or to project our best life that is not a real life, you can even go online to fakeavacation.com, pay $50 to $40, and you can send in your pictures and they will superimpose them onto pictures of locations where you can't afford to go to make your best life the envy of all of your friends. It's not that these pursuits are just a waste of time and a distraction to our lives, but something that's really important, you want to write this down. When we pursue something more than God, it becomes idolatry. Anything that we pursue more aggressively, more passionately than we pursue God is simply idolatry. It's a form of worship. It's directing our attention and our affection to something our heart longs for. And we need to be reminded of the scripture that tells us that God is jealous. It's in Exodus, but it says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God is a jealous God when we are pursuing and looking to something or someone to meet our needs rather than him. So we've looked at our pursuit of happiness. We've looked at our pursuit of being good enough. And today I believe we're going to talk about something that probably is going to hit all of us. And that is our pursuit of comfort. Comfort seems to be a commodity that we're all pursuing in our lives. One of the scriptures that we're looking at today is something we looked at last week, and it is so important that I feel like we need to look at it again. It's a gut punch to all of us, and it's found in 1 John. 
If you're not familiar with John, John is one of Jesus' closest friends. He is in the inner circle of Jesus' disciples. In fact, there's no other disciple that is closer to Jesus than John himself. There's nothing that happened in the ministry of Jesus that John was not an eyewitness to. Every teaching, every miracle, every event, all the things were written. And during the time that John is writing this letter, there is a destructive and dangerous theology that's going around the church that John feels that he needs to address and deal with head on. And, and scripture reads it this way. It says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Ouch. That really hurts. I don't know about you, but those words really caused me to stop and to take account for my life. What is he talking about when he says, do not love the world? He's not talking about don't love people. He's not talking about don't love his creation. So what is he actually mentioning? What is he saying in this? Do not love the world. It's really do not love the cultural systems of this world or even the spirit of this world. And here's what that looks like. Loving the world is this philosophy and this idea of pursuing the things that satisfy me. It's making me the center of my life. Loving the world is pursuing the life that we want rather than embracing the life that God wants for us. In fact, something you might want to write down is this. We tend to want a life that we design rather than a life that is God-defined. And he's saying this, if you do, if you, that's the kind of life that you want, if you want this life that you define, then the love of the Father is not in you. That's scary because we all want this life of ease, a life that's absent of struggle. We, we all want a life that is comfortable, especially in America where we have this America dream. All of us have desired a life that is defined more by ease than by struggle, a life where we pursue comfort. We don't want a difficult life. We want an easy life. That's what I want to talk about today, the dangers of pursuing this counterfeit, comfortable life. If you think about the word counterfeit for just a moment, what does that mean? A counterfeit is a close representation to something of great value, but the counterfeit has no value. In fact, it's absent of value. It has no substance that provides what it claims to provide. It's a false representation of something real. When we pursue a counterfeit comfort, it reveals two things about us I want to look at, first of all. And the first one is this, you want to write it down. It reveals spiritual emptiness. That's a problem. Pursuing and living for this desired life of comfort is a false comfort at that, and it reveals this spiritual emptiness within us. In fact, the scripture, 1 John 2.15, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. When our love is set on the world and the things of this world, then our love for God is lacking. It's empty. There's a spiritual emptiness within us. He's not saying that you can't enjoy your house and you can't enjoy a nice vacation and you can't enjoy the nice things in life. That's not what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying that when we pursue a life that is centered around us and based on us, that there is going to be a part of the love of the Father that is absent within us. He's saying that when we pursue comfort, when we pursue a life that is centered around us and based on us, then the love of the Father is not active within us because our pursuit and our affection is based on us. We stop looking to the needs of the poor. We stop looking to the needs of the helpless. We stop looking to the needs of the broken. We stop looking to the needs of the lost. We stop serving people because we're serving ourselves. What if the love of the Father dominated our lives as it should? 
I don't think we would be living for what is easy or what is comfortable. We would be living for what the Father loves. Our love would not be about us or directed towards us. It would be about God and directed towards God and others. That's what the love of the Father in us does. Paul wrote this. He says this, For Christ's love compels us that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. When we come into relationship with God, when we allow the love of God to fill our lives, that's not a love that's based on us. That's not a love that's directed towards us. That becomes a love directed towards others. It compels us to love others. And in loving Jesus, our needs become satisfied. A pastor and author, John Piper, wrote this. He said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That's what we want is a life satisfied with Jesus, a life of connection with Jesus. And when we are pursuing a counterfeit comfort, there is the absence of connection with Jesus. There's an absence of connection and an absence of love with the Father. Also, when we pursue a counterfeit comfort, something else that it reveals about us is this. It eliminates our need of faith. It eliminates our need for faith. And that's a problem because chasing this empty pursuit of comfort reveals and eliminates that we don't need faith for the pursuits of our life. When we pursue a counterfeit comfort, it eliminates and removes any need that we have in our lives for faith. Because we're not looking to step out of the boat. We're looking to stay in the boat. We're not looking to have courage. We're looking to just maintain comfort. We're looking for what's easy, not what's asked of us. The writer of Hebrews mentions in chapter 11 these key stories from the Old Testament. They're highlights. They're just real quick glimpses of steps of faith and actions of faith. And each of these examples start with, it was by faith. Let me give you a couple. It says, by faith, Moses who had a speech impediment, stared down the most powerful man of his time and demanded that he let God's people go. Another example he gives is he says, By faith, Abraham left his home and left his place of security to go where God was leading him, even though he had no idea where that would take him. I mean, another example he gives is, By faith, Noah builds a boat for a flood that was coming when no one had ever seen it rain like that before. And the examples continue, and each one says, by faith, by faith, by faith. And the issue is, not one of these people that God uses is seeking a life of comfort. Every single one of them was living for a burden about God and others. A burden that if God did not show up in their activity, they were going to look like idiots. Maybe that's a good question to ask all of us, and that is, what's going on in our life that requires faith? What is it that's a part of our life that demands faith that if God doesn't show up, we're going to look like idiots? That we desperately need God to show up? Or am I pursuing comfort? If we're going to walk with Jesus, if we're going to have a relationship with God, then that relationship requires faith in God. You know the scripture, but Hebrews eleven six says this, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him, those who sincerely, passionately pursue him. God's love in us will create more disruption than ease. And you might want to write this down in your notes. You cannot pursue comfort and walk by faith. You cannot pursue comfort and walk by faith at the same time. You can't. You can do one or the other, but you can't do them both. 
you might be listening to the talk and saying, okay, you know what, maybe I'm going down the wrong track because there's not a lot that requires faith in my life. In fact, I find myself pursuing this false sense of comfort and ease. I want the easy life rather than a faith-based life. So rather than a counterfeit comfort of pursuing what is easy, how do I experience real, authentic comfort? Paul actually lets us know in 2 Corinthians, and he writes this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. God is the full embodiment of what we've been pursuing, just Him. He is the comfort that you're looking for. And why? It goes on to say this, because he comforts us in all of our troubles. Because he comforts us in our troubles, and that is great. But it's not just about us. It's not just about him comforting us. It says this, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. And then it goes on to say something that is not really popular in our culture today, but it is really important. And it says this, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. That is so important. If you're a follower of Jesus, part of your life story, part of your life is to share in the sufferings of Christ. And in sharing in the sufferings of Christ, we experience the comfort of Christ. We want the comfort of Christ without the sufferings of Christ. And that's not how it works. When the paradigm of our life is shaped by the 66 books of God's word rather than the, the culture that we live in, it's then that we begin to realize that there are some things we need to embrace and some things we need to stop pursuing. So if we're going to stop pursuing a counterfeit comfort and start experiencing authentic comfort, then there's two things that I think we need to embrace. And the first one is this. We need to embrace a divine discomfort. If we're going to experience authentic comfort, we can't be afraid of divine discomfort. We have to learn to live with pain, to understand that pain is a part of life. It's not something that we just always try to avoid. There has to be an openness to suffering in our lives. This discomfort that we tend to run away from produces something really important within us. James talks about it when he says this, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, difficulties, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We tend to be people that don't want our faith tested. We don't like tests because that means that we could possibly fail the test. But that's not how this word testing is defined. It's really defined this way. It's in the shaping and strengthening of metal. It's in the purification process of metal where it's heated and hammered and heated and hammered. And the impurities are worked out while strength is worked in. The sufferings that you go through, the pain that you have endured, is how God works the selfishness out of your life. It's this testing of your faith that God uses to produce His character and His strength and His reflection in your life. We go through difficult times where maybe one of our kids is not walking with God and it causes a lot of anxiety in our lives. Or maybe you've received a diagnosis and it paralyzes you with fear. Or maybe your marriage is falling apart or in a very desperate place and there seems to be no answer and no fix. Or maybe you faced an addiction that you cannot overcome. 
These difficulties, these trials that we go through are opportunities for our faith to be strengthened, for our doubts to be removed, our fears to be eliminated. God is working the impurities out of our lives and working his character and his image and his strength into our lives. What if, just what if, your setback that you're experiencing is really a setup that God has used for something great in your life? And I believe that that's exactly what it is. What if the obstacle that you're facing is really an opportunity for God to show his strength and his greatness in your life? What if the misery that you've been enduring is really about to become a ministry in your life? What if the pain and discomfort of your life is really working the depth of character in your life that you could get no other way? I want you to write this down. God wants us to experience his presence in the midst of our pain. We can embrace God in the discomfort. We can experience God in our difficulties. What we learn is that his strength is enough. His purposes is shaped in our pain, in the trials that we go through. What God is shaping in us through the difficulties is so much more valuable and so much more important than the comfort, the counterfeit comfort that we have been pursuing. If you need strength in your life, it's going to come because of the difficulties and the pain of your life that God is working strength into your life. If the pursuits of your life is a counterfeit comfort, you'll never have the strength that you need nor the ministry in life to do and to be who God's called you to be. What God is shaping in you is so valuable. It is so important. Listen to the scripture in Romans. It says, We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because, and here it is again, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured into our lives so that the passions of our lives, the pursuits of our lives are based about God and his plan and based towards others rather than this self-centered, self-protected life. The love of God that has been poured into your life allows you to experience the comfort of God. I just want to encourage you to embrace divine discomfort. The sufferings of life shape within us something that God is forming within us. Lastly, to experience this authentic comfort, you want to write this down? In a culture obsessed with living your best life, we need to embrace that this is not our best life. I think this is a big one. We're trying to make this life our best life when it's not designed to be our best life. This is not your best life. Paul in the letter to the Romans writes this way. He says, yet what we suffer now is what? Nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. For all of creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. This is not your best life. God has one for you, I promise. But it's not here and it's not now. Listen, your soul was made to long for heaven. We're trying to make heaven here on earth. And it can't happen. We are wired with this longing for eternity. And trying to fulfill an eternal longing with a counterfeit hope will always lead to an empty life. You can't expect your desires for heaven to be fulfilled here on earth. You're always going to be disappointed. 
So what do we do when we're going through these times of suffering, when we're going through difficulties, when we are recognizing that this is not our best life? Jesus addresses this in Matthew. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. What if your posture to God was, God, whatever you want my life to be, allow it to be that. Let me experience what you want me to experience. Father, help me to suffer with grace and dignity, knowing that the suffering that I go through is working strength into my life. It's working God's image into my life. If you hold on to your life, if you try to design your life, if you pursue the things in life that you want and this counterfeit comfort that we long for, Jesus says you're going to lose it. You're going to end up with an empty life, a life with no strength, a life with no substance, spiritually empty. You can experience true comfort by trusting the God who does life with you. In fact, write this down, please. Embrace the God of all comfort as your source for all comfort. Embrace the God of all comfort as the source for all the comfort that you need in life. Embrace the discomfort in life knowing that God is using it to shape within you strength and character and His image in your life. Allow the discomfort of life to lead you to depend on the God of all comfort. One last time, 1 John chapter 2 says this, Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. Don't pursue counterfeit comfort. Experience authentic comfort. Hold on to God. Pursue God. And let Him satisfy the longing in your life. Let His purpose let the sufferings of life produce His purpose in your life. Let the sufferings of life produce His strength in your life. Let the sufferings of this life allow you to experience God Himself. All of us are born with this self-absorbed life, this self-centered desire, this self-centered lifestyle where we are the center and we seek the things that benefit us more than the things that benefit God and others. That's how we mess things up. We try to design our lives rather than embrace a God-defined life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to step into that, to relinquish the control of your life to a God who loves you, to a God who has great plans for you, to a God who wants to do something significant in you, a God who wants to give you authentic comfort that even in the difficult times of life, you can experience His presence with you and His strength in you. That's what we need. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and Father, first of all, for every person that wants to begin this life where we embrace a God-defined life. Father, I ask that you would help each person that wants to step into this relationship today, that, Father, as we relinquish our will, as we hand over our desires for anything of comfort and ease, anything that's going to give us the easy life. Father, we want a life that is defined by you. We want a life, as your word tells us, where we share in the sufferings of Christ and the sufferings of this life are working in us, your image, your character, and your strength. Father, for every person that's praying this prayer, for every person that's asking you to be the center of their life, 
Father, may they experience your love. And may your love be greater than their love for themselves. May your love redefine them and may your love compel them to love you and love others. Father, for each one of us, we come to you and ask that you would help us live a God-defined life. And Father, help us to no longer pursue this counterfeit comfort. Father, help us to experience authentic comfort as we embrace you. Father, as we embrace the discomforts of this life and as we recognize that this life is not our best life. But Father, you have something far greater. We put our hope in you and we put our faith in you. Father, we hold on to you. May you give our life strength. May you develop in us all that you want us to be, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so easy to pursue this counterfeit comfort that ultimately does not satisfy us, but destroys us. That ultimately doesn't make us stronger, it makes us weaker. A life of comfort does not allow us to live a life of courage. I want to encourage you to hold on to God and I want to encourage you to allow the discomforts of life to develop your life. I just want to encourage you once again to get into a small group. If you're not in one, get into a connection group. Commit yourself to people that will encourage you and pray with you and uplift you and will walk with you. I also want to continue to thank you guys for your financial gifts and providing for the needs of the quest. Thank you guys so very much. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. If you have any prayer requests, if you have any needs that are going on in your life, again, I encourage you to scan the QR code and that code will allow you to connect with us. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you. Listen, we love you. Thank you for being with us today. Have a great rest of the week. God's best to you.